You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. But who's responsible for your growth? You know, psychologists tell us that most households have problems over the workload. Who gets to do what? So if the wife does the cooking, the cleaning, the laundry, the yards, changes the oil, come on. Eventually, if she's doing all of the chores of the home, she will eventually become resentful towards everyone else that lives in that house. Yeah. It's kind of like at work. If you work with people, and don't raise your hand if this is you, but if you work with people who are just there to get a paycheck but not really contribute, not really perform well, they're just like, mm, kind of meet standards, not really sort of or underperforms, uh, you know how you feel about that. I'm doing all the work around here. Where's everybody else contributing? But now let's think about it this way. If we expect God to do all the work when it comes to our spiritual growth, what are we doing? Where's our involvement? What should we be about? How should we be growing? I want to take you to John 10.10, and I want to use a word that some of us probably don't use a lot. It's the word sanctification. Now, when we get saved, we are justified. That's called justification. So just as if I'd never sinned. But sanctification is the process. See, we are saved, and positionally, we are seated with Christ. Experientially, we got a long way to go. Positionally, we are the righteousness of Christ. Wow. He says to us, I see Jesus all over you because you believed in him who died on the cross, you believe, you confess with your lips, you are saved. And so, positionally, you are in Christ. Experientially, we got a long way to go because there's days we step out of Christ, don't we? There's days we operate in the fruit of the flesh, not the fruit of the Spirit. So John 10.10 says, a thief comes only to rob and kill and destroy, but I came so that everyone would have life. That's our salvation. That's our justification. And have it in its fullest. That's our sanctification. We are saved. He gives us new life. But now we are going to live in that new life experientially. And that is our sanctification. Now some people say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's not much I can do to grow spiritually. I'm just kind of stuck. And after all, I'm a sinner. Capital S, sinner. Sinner. But they quote this scripture, Romans 7, 18. I know that nothing good lives in me. I mean nothing good lives in the part of me that is earthly and sinful. Paul, Paul is saying, I can't do what I want to do, so therefore I might as well just give up and just, you know, go for sin. Go for the flesh. There's this constant battle that is going on between our, our spirit and our flesh, and the Lord's trying to produce out this one word, sanctification, which uh, literally means to be holy, to be like God, to be sanctified, to be a saint, to be set apart. Leviticus 11.44 says, For I am the Lord your God, you shall therefore consecrate yourselves. I mean, this word consecrate is not like I raised my hand in church and said, Okay, Lord, I'll follow you now. This word means I, I, will, I will press in with fervor and tenacity I will give myself over to all that is godly and good, and I will be holy because God is holy. The word holy is the word 
sanctified or sanctification. That God wants to partner with us to make us become holy people and not holy on the outside. Hang on. There's a lot of people that look holy on the outside. They can quote scriptures. They can look saved, sanctified, galvanized, petrified. Come on. And, and, and a lot of people in church love conformists. They sound like us. They look like us. They say praise the Lord at least three times in every conversation. Therefore, they must be spiritual. And they can quote verses just, you know, at the top of their hat. But, but that's, not, that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about a life that is sanctified from the inside out. We are being changed and transformed by the Holy Spirit working in us. So who's responsible for our spiritual growth? Number one, just write this down if you would, please. Spiritual growth starts with a hunger inside of me, desiring more of God and His Spirit. It starts with a yearning that says, I just don't want to be who I am today spiritually. I want to grow and develop. Some people will say, well, I've been a Christian five years. And you look at their life and you go, really? No, you've not been a Christian five years. You've been a Christian one year five times. You've been a Christian 30 years, but no, one year 30 times. You're at the same spot. You're still in spiritual preschool. Come on. That's why these lessons keep happening to you the same and same and same and same. You know, recently I learned this lesson. I found people coming to me saying something about me to me. Hey, Bernie, have you noticed? Hey, Bernie, how come? Hey, Bernie. And people that were in the church, outside the church, other pastor friends of mine, people in the community, and I kept hearing this. It was almost like I woke up one morning, Lord, I rebuke all their statements. And I stopped for a moment and I said, hey, Lord, how come I keep hearing that? Same thing over and over about my life. Oh, I could rebuke that. I could call it nonsense. Or I could say, is there a lesson for me to learn here, Lord? I've been hearing it from 39 people, the same thing. Could it be that you're speaking through them? How many people, though, how many people, not you, no, no LFCers, nobody watching online, come on, I know this, but how many people would discount that? When somebody begins to say, let me just use an illustration, you know, you seem a little short with people lately, you seem a little angry lately, did you really say that to your spouse? Did you really, did you really say that to your boss? Did you really say that to your friend? Did you really, you really say that to the dog? <laughs> come on. And all of a sudden you say, Lord, Lord, I, I, I become a little angry. I, be, I become a little bitter. Huh. Created me a clean heart, oh God. Help me to take all of this so I don't have to repeat this lesson again. Because you know what God is? He's a remedial God. He will take you back and back and back and back till you learn the lesson. Am I right or wrong? I mean, he'll take because he, he wants you to grow so much. He, he wants his life to be lived out in you and through you. This maturing process is, is a journey of a dependence upon God. When we are born, we are born to learn dependency upon our parents or our guardians. That's why they put us in little high chairs with these little trays, wraparound trays, where we can get our little spoon and we can gang, gang, gang. You know what that means? I want food and I want it now. And we have this dependence upon those that feed us and they put little Cheerios or little ground up food or little Gerbers on our tray and we just shovel it in. 
and we learn a dependency upon those that care for us. Then when we get older, we learn how to feed ourselves. The contrary or the converse is true when it comes to our spiritual life. We come to the Lord dependent on ourselves, but as we grow spiritually, we become dependent on God. We start with an independence that turns into a dependence upon God, and we let him grow us. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we've talked about in this series, pull out the weeds of the garden of your soul so that the fruit of the Spirit might grow in you. Kindness, love, joy, temperance, uh, you know, self-control, where your word is your bond, where there's integrity, where there's character, uh, where there is just a heart for other people, where your attitudes are right. And we all have issues with this, but God is trying to grow us. Number two, spiritual growth is a partnership between us and God. It's a partnership. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. And let's read the rest, can we? Continue to out your salvation with For it is God who works to will and to in order to. Yeah. Now, notice that he says that we're to work out our salvation. He doesn't say work on it. Because you can't work to be saved. There's no work that you could do that would better the cross. There's no work that you could do that would better the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for us. Not, there's none. But he's asking you to work it out. It's like you standing on a treasure mine. God has given you the shovel and the rights to the dirt beneath your feet. And he invites you to dig. to Start to work out. Oh, wow. Look at this treasure. Oh, look at forgiveness, mercy, and grace, and healing, and blessing, and, and, and look, look how God wants to use me. And you start digging out this treasure of salvation. It's what Paul said, I'm still trying to figure out why the Lord's laid hold of my life. And the spiritual giant says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm standing on salvation, this God who's radically redeemed me on the road uh, to Damascus, and, and I saw this bright light as a noonday sun, and God spoke to me. And I was transformed, and I'm still, here's the apostle, I'm still trying to figure out why God wants me in his kingdom. What a great heart to have. I'm not done growing. I'm not done discovering. I'm not done digging out the treasure that God has for me. See, the scriptures teach us to work out your own salvation, which reminds us that growth is not automatic. We dig it out. And part of our digging, then, of the treasures of God, we also notice in our digging where our pride comes in, or where our, 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 our deceitfulness comes in, or where our personal uh, subtlety of, of, of inner corruption starts to come in. And we just say, God, I don't want any part of that, because I want to grow. The Scriptures teach us that God is at work in us, which means His role is important, and we must let Him work. We must let God do His work in our life, but we've got to partner with Him. Our growth is empowered by God. It's impossible to grow without him. But, but let me say this. It's not in your notes. It's impossible for God to grow you without you. You have to be surrendered. You have to be committed. I mean, you could sit all day in a chair and say, okay, Lord, help me. Help me walk for you. Help me run for you. But you're seated in a chair. I got to tell you this. God's going to say, excuse me. 
I help people who walk and who start to walk, I empower them once they start to move. I empower them once they start to, 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 to get up and, and, and do what I ask them to do. So I, I want to share with you an illustration I've used many times before. It has to do with boats. I like boats. I would like to drive one like this. How about you? Um, I read the caption on this boat. This boat is just a mere 800 horsepower, no big deal. Um, it's fiberglass, it's got one seat, it's not very heavy, and it can go over 100 miles an hour. I don't know if any of you have ever been fast in a boat. I went 107 once uh, in a lake, 107 miles an hour in the water is like 250 on ground, and um, you, are, you are at the mercy of, of, of waves and ripples. Uh, and um, I gotta tell you, that was fast. I didn't have any goggles on, no helmet, my eyes were being pushed back in the back of my skull. Uh, my lips were flapping. I looked like I was skydiving. You know, this is how some people believe they're to spiritually grow. I'm in control. I turn the key. I've got the accelerator. I can steer, and it's, it's all up to me. And, and, and I, I grow my life. I don't think this is spiritual growth. You know, powerful power through horsepower. I'm going to get it done, tenacity, spiritual growth. No, I think spiritual growth is more like a sailboat. And the sailboat comes out, and it puts up its sails high. You know, it puts up its sails high. And it says, I'm going to, you got a sailboat? I think you got a sailboat. I know you got a sailboat. Okay, pretend we have a sailboat. We have a sailboat. Um, and, and a sailboat does something. It, it puts, there it is. Whoa. Yeah. One day I said in service, we should have got a Mac. We did. So anyway, so sailboat, the sails go up, the sails go up, and, and, and listen, this is spiritual growth. Lord, my sails are up. I can't control the wind of the Spirit, but boy, I'm sure ready for the next time you move. My, 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 my sails are up. I've shared with you a prayer that I've prayed for probably the last 10 years or so. And it's a simple prayer that says, Lord, have someone cross my path today that needs you in me. Because, see, I, just, I have what I have. You have what you have. You have your experiences, your spiritual capacity. Lord, have someone cross my path that needs Jesus through me. And, Lord, sometimes, and I pray this, sometimes would you put like a red light over their head like, this is the one? You know, this week it happened several times where someone walks up to me and starts a conversation. And, and I've got to tell you, sometimes it's as blatant as this. Um, this Good Friday thing, why do you guys call it good? Or this church thing, or, or recently on a ride-along, it was great. I was with one of our, our, our wonderful officers, and, and, and we parked over here in front of the church because we drove around the building, and, and he wanted to just see the, the campus and we're driving around. He was checking our nice lights that we have at night for security. He was checking out. And I told him about our new cameras. By the way, we upgraded all our camera systems here. We, we've had cameras for years. But now in all our classrooms and in all our uh, meeting spaces, then they're in the bathrooms. Uh, but <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt. We spent 15000 in upgrading our camera systems for security. Because people get hurt in churches. And we didn't want any of our teachers to ever be accused of something we could not produce evidence of. Um, years ago, a lady said her son got hit in a classroom and a teacher did nothing. 
And um, she was very mad. She went home and told dad, who got back from a, a TDY trip, and he was not happy. And um, we, had, we, we rolled the film. And actually, her son was not being hit at all. Her son was hitting other kids. And that camera saved the reputation of that teacher in that classroom. You think it's worth, it's worth 15 grand to me right there. And they were able to discipline their kid for false accusation. And I mean, just it was, it was great. They handled it well. But all we had to do was push the space bar and let them watch the video and just sit back. And so we do that. Um, years ago, there was an altercation in the alleyway out here um, on the, the, the south side of our building. And the police came here and said, hey, do you have any surveillance cameras? Yeah, we do. But none on that portion of the building. We do now. Don't commit any crimes around here, I'm telling you. We got cameras you can see and ones you can't see, you know? What does that have to do with the sermon? How did I get on cameras? And, and, does anybody remember how I got there? Right along, yeah, right along. Thank you. And we're sitting in front of the building, and the guy says, what do you guys do in there on Sunday? You like, do that singing stuff? And I never called it worship in our dialogue. I said, yeah, we do that singing stuff. He goes, like, you like stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes. What do you tell people? Are you kidding me? I prayed that day, Lord, as I ride along, have someone cross my path that needs to know the Jesus that lives inside of me. And this officer is asking right there, and he asked. I didn't violate anything. He asked. What do you tell people in that building? I thought... What, what, what if, now you apply this to your life. What if you put your sails up and said, Lord, today, would you blow, would you blow into my life? Would you blow me into the lives of other people that I can somehow be used by you to transform their lives, to bring them one step closer to Jesus? Just, 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 just try that. Just try that. See, John 3, 8 says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. The Lord is moving. Get your sail up. Now, there's this other sailboat. We've got another picture. No, there's, thank you so much. Doesn't that look cool? But it's not living out its purpose. You know, well, yeah, you know, John and Betty live on the boat. They like boat life, and that's okay. And some people do that. I met people in Santa Barbara. That's where they live, or Ventura. That's that they live on a boat. I'm not, I'm not offended by that. I think it's it's great if you like that square footage and it works for you. But that boat was intended to hit the seas, and it's sitting inside a harbor, and its sails are down. And I'm just going to tell you this. That's a picture of lots of Christians. Oh, Lord, move me. Oh, Lord, bless me. Oh, Lord, may I help advance your kingdom. My sails are down. And listen, the, the boat that we just saw a, a bit ago says, wait a minute, I'm not sitting here waiting. My sails are up, Lord, so when you do move, I'm ready. I, I'm reading the Bible. See, a lot of books inform. This book transforms. I'm worshiping, I'm praying, I'm, I'm trying to get bad thoughts out of my head. I, I, I'm trying to live a life in such a way that you can use me. So Lord, my sails are up. I don't want you to have to find another boat to move. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be that person. Number three, spiritual growth is healthy and not optional. 
Uh, Philippians 3, 12 to 14, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Are you kidding me? This is the Apostle Paul. No one has been as effective in God's work more than the Apostle Paul. People are still using his material today. I'm using it right now. And he's saying, I have not arrived yet. My sails are up. Holy Spirit, blow upon me. I forget what's behind, and I strain towards what's ahead. I'm moving. I want to be changed. I want to be renewed. I want you to have your way. Number four, spiritual growth is a process and not an event. You know, kids will always ask this question on a long road trip, right? Are we, are we there yet? Um, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. I'll tell you when your journey, your spiritual journey actually will end is when you look in the face of Jesus. That's, that's when you can stop growing. Because no one gets saved in heaven. No one sins in heaven. Isn't that good news? You know, no one, no one dies in heaven. It's, it's life eternal. But in that process, we need to understand that, that someday we will see him and then we'll be like him. But in the meantime, he's trying to give us his abundant life where we're like him now, that we're, we're growing. It's, it's not an event. It's not a retreat. It, it's, it's not a Sunday sermon. It's forgetting what's behind, Philippians 3.3, 3, and straining towards what is ahead. Spiritual growth number five is, is powered by God and not by us. If we are sailboats, then God's the one that supplies the wind. So I want to take you to, to, to Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this what? But be by the renewing of your mind. Stop conforming and then stop conforming and then allow God to transform you. Allow God to, to change you. Now, uh, I brought the human brain here this morning. I thought you guys in the front row would get a kick out of it. Come on. <laughs> Cauliflower, that's a human brain. This is about the size of a human brain. The human brain makes up about 2% of your, your gross body. And even if your body is not gross, it makes up about 2% of your body. Okay? It requires 25 to 30% of your energy to function. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with and all your, your mind. See, he took the Old Testament phrase, love the Lord your God with, 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 with all your heart and your soul and your strength, and he added the word mind. Because he knew that our minds could somehow, or our cauliflowers could somehow be impacted by the world we live in. Someone says, well, don't I just need faith to grow? Don't we just check our brains at the door? We come to the sanctuary, we, we come to Easter, woo, he's risen, and we move on. And no, 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 you don't check your brain at the door. Jesus said you need your mind. Now, let me, let me give you a, a quick exercise here. And... Um, Remember, I'm not an artist, but I can draw a cauliflower. So, there. That's your brain. This is your brain. This is your brain on the board. Come on. Okay. 
This, this brain determines your focus in your life. It determines the memories. Like the corners of our mind, misty water, of the way we were. Yeah. This is where people say, well, Pastor, I love the church, but back in our day, we had, this is back in the day. See, the words of the great theologian Jackson Brown, we forget about the losses, we exaggerate the wins. That's true. Sometimes we, 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 but sometimes we collect our pain here, don't we? I better write that down, pain. Pain. Okay. Now, I want to write over here, this is a great exercise, belief. What do you believe? See, your belief determines your behavior. Okay? What do you mean by that? Well, if you believe, if you believe lies, then you'll live and you'll behave on the basis of the lies. Let me give you one. God could never use someone like me. You know how many times I hear that? Well, what about Peter? Uh, Peter denies the Lord. Peter says, you can count on me, and you know what happened. Peter says, you can trust me, Lord. You know what happened. So Jesus comes and intersects Peter after he rises from the dead, and he says to Peter, um, do you love me? Actually, he calls him Simon. He calls him by his previous name. Remember, he changed his name from Simon to Peter, from pebble to rock. And he goes back to him and says, Simon, Simon, you're defaulting back to being a pebble, not a rock. I didn't say I would build my church upon people like you as you were, but people like you that are transformed, that you know who I am. Who do you say I am? You're, you're the son of God. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but the spirit of God. Because you had your sails up, Peter, and I was blowing on your sails. The lie was, I can't use you. Jesus reinstates him. Actually, Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times, and Peter denied him three times. I just think that's great. And in the next chapter in your Bible, you read how Peter is preaching the gospel, and thousands of people are saved. So, what you have to do here, and here's your exercise. I'll give it to you. It's a spiritual exercise. It's free. I'm not going to charge you any extra for this. When was the last time you wrote down what you believe? When was the last time you, you, you wrote down some of the memories that seem to control your life because of your pain? When was the last time you wrote down the focus of who you are because of how you think? And that's why Romans 12 comes into play where he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Because the world is trying to conform you to think a certain way. The world's trying to get us to think, well, God doesn't use damaged goods. I, I had a lady in our church some time ago. Um, she had, had, had been addicted to drugs. She'd been into prostitution. And she meets me out front. And she says, I like you. I said, thank you. And uh, it meant a lot to me that she said that. And we got to talking. And she believes the lies that because of her past that she's so damaged that God could never, ever, ever use her. 
And, and, and listen, as she got a hold of the truth of the Lord, this, this God who transforms us, he doesn't just transform our souls. Jesus didn't just die on the cross to forgive our sins. He died on the cross to empower us by the Spirit to change the way we think. This is a God who loves us. This is a God who cares about us. This is a God who, who wants us to take our, our cauliflowers and transform them. Uh, it was C.S. Lewis who said, if you're thinking of becoming a Christian, I warn you that you are embarking on something which is going to take the whole of you, your brains and all. You're going to have to think differently. You're going to have to understand who, who this God is. So if our belief determines our behavior then what could we do to allow the truth of Jesus to change how we believe? What if you wrote down all your beliefs, wrote down all your behaviors, and then asked Jesus this question, what do you say about these things, Lord? What do you say about what I believe? What do you say about the fact that I say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to make a difference in the world? There's people who need to know what you know. There's people who need to know the Jesus that lives inside of you and your story. What, what if, what if, we, we, what if we, 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 we stopped believing the lies that, you know, God could never fill us or use us? Or, and what if we started asking Jesus to have his truth transform our lives? So here's a question. What are your beliefs? What lies do you hold on to? Where is the Holy Spirit blowing in your life? Where and how is God at work in you? What sin is he seeking to free you from? What attitudes is God trying to remove from your life? What judgments of others is he trying to change? Where are you more concerned with the appearance of holiness rather than actually living out sanctification in your life? Or where and how are you seeking God to transform me in this moment? This is a prayer I'd love you to pray, especially on Holy Week. Where are you seeking to transform me in this moment? All right, I'm Good Friday. We're having a service here, and it'll be more reflective and contemplative and somber service. But then we're going to have Easter. Okay, and it's done. We, we put it away. But what about asking this question this week? Where, where, God, are you seeking to transform me in this moment? Who, God, will you have cross my path today that I can that I can be used by you. See, the goal of spiritual growth or sanctification is to love God and to love others more. Philippians 1, 5 and 6 says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of what? This, that he who began, yeah, will carry it out until completion until the day you see Christ face to face. You're a work in progress. Isn't that good news? When somebody says to you, well, how come you're not farther along? You just say, I'm a work in progress. Praise the Lord. But only say that if you're actually a work in progress. If you're stuck in the dock with your sails down, you don't have the right to say that. Don't say, I'm trying when you're not. You know, my friend, the, the psychologist, if I tell him I'm trying, he'll always say, why are you only trying? <laughs> if I tell him, Things are getting better. Then he asked me this question, why is it not better? Why is it just getting better? I go, I don't like you. <laughs> so let me, let me put on my pastor's hat for a moment. What do you believe that's not true? Who, who spoke a word into your life about you 
that you've held on to, and they were wrong. <laughs> Some of you have heard my, my story about my first ever pastor's gathering of Foursquare, and I was 22 years old. I was pastoring a church, and I walked into a room of all of my college alumni, and one gal stood up in the middle of the room, and she says, no way. Bernie Fetterman's here? And then somebody said, yeah, he's pastoring a church. She said, no way. We, we secretly voted him. Like, like, I'm not in the room, right? We secretly, secretly voted him most unlikely to succeed. Oh, Debbie was with me. <laughs> I said, back, woman, back. She went... <laughs> Two guys in the corner, they're, they're pastors, young pastors. Cat fight, you know. No, no, back woman, back woman. Just think about, would you, would you let that reverberate for a moment? By the way, this gal, her name was Kim, straight-A student in college. She hung the curve in the stratosphere. None of us could achieve it. She's an eloquent speaker at a young age. She was in drama. She could sing. She was... The finger came out. We voted you. Like echoed through the quarters of time. We voted you, you, you. Most, most, most. Hey, that stuck with me for two years, that comment. It was said in 15 seconds. It stuck with me for two years. Maybe she's right. And every time I had something that didn't go well, or I started a new program in my little church and it didn't take off, and I'd hear that. We voted you. Most, 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 I started believing it. Until a day, one of my friends came to see me. And out of the blue, he said, I don't know what it is. He, he pastored the other end of the San Fernando Valley. I don't know what it is, but I, I drove over here because God wanted me to tell you something. I go, oh boy. God, God chose you. And God's with you. And God's going to give you success. He had no clue about what Kim said. I started putting up my sail. Because I wanted some more of that to blow across. Right? Right? When are you going to let Jesus have access to real brain? To your cauliflower? Uh-huh. When are you going to say, Lord, transform me? Transform my memories, transform my focus, transform my behavior. And it all starts with letting him transform you, giving your life to Jesus. If you've not done that, that's where it starts. We say, Lord, we believe that you died on a cross and, and you rose again from the dead. We confess we're sinners who need a Savior. We invite you into our lives. Lord, save us. That's what we say first. We're going to pray that in just a second. And then the rest of us, we say, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross. You rose again from the dead. Lord, sanctify me. Change me from the inside out. Make me who I could never be on my own. Change my belief systems that will then change my behavior, that I will live by the truth because the truth will set me free. The lies will only bind me. The lies will only keep me from doing God's work. Lord, I don't care about the way I was or the way we were. I care about where I'm going now in you because you have a future for me. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, you're not done with me. You have more for me. And if you could use Peter, then you can use me. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we're so grateful <laughs> that you didn't just come to, to save us as great as that is, but you came to sanctify us. Purify our hearts as we surrender to you. There's, there's a work that we desire for you to do, and we welcome your work into our lives. Move us. Grow us. And God, I would just ask if there are any here today who have yet to give their life to you as Savior, that even in this moment of time, they would say, yes, Lord, I want to believe in you. I, I want to follow after you. And, and without embarrassing any of you, if you're here today and this is your day to give your life to Jesus, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Maybe you've never done that before. And you would give him your life today. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. And I encourage you, if this is your day, that you'd stop by the, the, the prayer team that's under the cross, that you just tell them, I gave my life to Christ today. And then for the rest of us, I would just ask you, where are you having your sails down where God can't blow into your life? Where, where are you allowing the thoughts of your past, the limitations that's in your mind to keep you from being all that God wants you to be? And, and where are you keeping the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ to yourself because there's a world out there that needs to know what you know and have the God that you have? Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.